Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Good afternoon, good evening, Rush Nation. Murph here, back with Waver Wire for week three. Uh, yes, yesterday was uh, with the passing of the Queen and the uh, funeral being held all day. It was a very backwards and forwards call as to whether or not we do a show, not do a show, um, what's respectful, what's going back to normal. Um, so we decided to, to not do the shows. The flagship show, Dan and I, will we'll get uh, in. It will either be Wednesday or Thursday, uh, just honing the time for that. But the Wavewire show is, is obviously now. Um, and the good news is there's a bit more information. So that's, that's kind of the best thing. So I'm going to go through um, the options here for you under 30% as per usual, but we'll add in sprinkle in some uh, over 30% players as well, because I tend to find that the under 30% market at this particular moment in time is particularly thin. There isn't anyone I would say you're getting well ahead of the curve based on what we've seen in two weeks, um, which is why I want to mention some of the over 30 uh, players. There is one or two though, under 30% owned. So let's break this down. Let's look at quarterbacks. Uh, and get straight into it. Now, if you are looking for players under 30% owned, all the big players are taken, um, you'll be surprised or not surprised to hear that um, Jimmy Garoppolo is not on this list. Um, people are going to get overly excited about Jimmy Garoppolo. He's back, he's in. Jimmy Garoppolo is just not a great sort of fantasy asset and uh, not a player I would be looking to own in any league. So the two uh, I'd be looking to, to target if I'm under 30% owned and I needed to get a stopgap um, for Trey Lance, I'm in that sort of streaming mode now. First one's Jared Goff, 6.8% owned. Uh, he scored 51.54 fantasy points already this season, so it's well over 20 a game. The Lions are putting on points. Uh, Jared Goff has more weapons, more offense, and the Lions, you know, they do look good moving the ball. Defensively, they've got a few challenges, but offensively, they're going to be in a lot of games. And as a result, you know, you're going to see Jared Goff put up points. I'm not saying that Jared Goff is a top 12 quarterback. I'm not saying he's probably even a top 15 quarterback. But if you're in this situation right now and you need someone just to put up steady points, uh, just to sort of stem the flow to see what happens, Jared Goff is probably your guy. Um, He might have one or two bad games, but I think for the most part, you're going to see some pretty good performances from him over the next couple of weeks. So 
really like the fact that you can get Jared Goff in almost all of your leagues. He's sort of the fab you would spend here for him, given the fact his uptick hasn't gone that much. And you probably get more people going towards Garoppolo because it's a better offense. You've got players like Samuel making plays. Uh, I think you'll probably get Goff for still one to two fab bucks or one to two percent of fab. Um, So he, for me, under 30 percent is the best quarterback out there that you can get. And if you miss out on him, I'm still fading Garoppolo. I'd go with Marcus Mariota, 9.3% owned. Uh, not as strong offensively as Jared Goff, but he has that rushing ability. He does have a, I wouldn't say a safe floor, but he does have a floor there that that can be exploited. And he is good for a, normally a good rushing touchdown here or there as well. The Falcons aren't as bad, I think, as we expected them to be. They're not great, but they're not... Um, a bad team. They're in games. We saw what happened against the Rams. They're very close to pulling that game back. So I'd be looking at uh, Mariota and thinking he's not terrible. He's not great. He's not going to win me a lot of weeks, but he might not lose you a lot of weeks either. So uh, those are the two players uh, under 30% I would be targeting. If I was looking at over 30%, there are two. One is obviously Tua. Tua is still available in over a third of leagues, by the way. So he's available in 64 well, he's, he's taken in 64% of leagues. So that's 36% of leagues he's uh, he's available in. He actually leads the NFL in passing yards after what we saw on Sunday. And it's not necessarily to his ability. It's the receivers he's got that make so many yards off the catch. In Hill and Waddle, those two have been absolutely dynamic this season. And there's a lot of people that are proclaiming Tua to be this amazing quarterback now because he's had two weeks. The same way that we shouldn't overreact, we shouldn't underreact. Um, I think he is someone who will have fantasy value going forward. I think he's well worth, if you've lost Trey Lance, he is probably the best quarterback available in most leagues. So you're going to need to pay some fab for him. You're probably going to have to pay, given the back of the performance, you might have to pay 5% of fab. If you've lost Trey Lance and he was your starter, you're in a deeper league, you might need to pay 10% of fab uh, to get him. I know some leagues absolutely love quarterbacks. Um, and you might have to pay up to get to it. It will be worth it considering what you've got left behind. But I don't love it in the sense of that is a significant amount of fab you have to spend in order to get him. The next guy, if you wanted to pass on to her, is Jameis Winston. I know he threw three picks, and um, I had a bit of a laugh at his expense on, on Sunday. But Jameis Winston is still in the top 12 of passing yards, 11.7 average uh, yards uh, yards on average depth of target. Um, so, and the Saints don't, I mean, defensively, they look strong at times and then seem to capitulate as they did against the, the Falcons and then they did against the, the Buccaneers. And it's a, it's a strange one because they've been behind in both games and been trailing and then Jameis comes out and that's where all these fantasy points come from. I think that will change and I think Jameis will get better. He's dealing with four fractures in his back. I think you might see some improvement, but ultimately we're looking at the Saints. They're going to be in a lot of games and we might have to chase a few games as well. So as a result of that, I think you're going to see opportunities for fantasy points here. And Jameis Winston is likely to put those up. I would rather have Tua for the consistency than Jameis Winston, but I think Jameis Winston will have these sort of spike weeks that will get you um, some wins. So, I think James Winston, especially coming on the back of a really poor performance and the fractures in back, I think you can get him very cheap, well under 5% of fab. And he's someone that I would be getting 
if I lost Trey Lance and didn't want to spend up for Tua. Um, let's move on to to running backs. It's a tough one. Running backs under thirty percent are generally pretty poor. There's, there isn't anyone there right now, other than some handcuff options that I think are a really good bet right now. So I've got two names, and I don't really love either of them, if I'm honest. But I'm here to provide the advice. Tyler Algier is fourteen percent owned. Now he did come on. Uh, he did dominate the snaps. Um, well, I say dominate, dominate the outside of CPAT. He got 10 carries, but only ran for 30 yards. It's not great. In fact, it's pretty poor. Three yards a carry. Not good numbers at all. And obviously, CPAT's the one there. It might move CPAT across the offense. You might get a running back in there. But the 10 carries is encouraging. But we do have uh, other players there in Avery, uh, Williams, and... Um, there's another running back there in contention as well for touches after Damian Williams ended up on, on IR. Um, so it could go one of two ways. You could either see this and go, well, he got 10 carries, therefore he's clearly the number two and he's going to have opportunities to potentially lead the team in carries or get a really significant amount of carries because he's being fed the ball. Or inversely, he had 10 carries. He got 30 yards. It didn't help us. We're going to go with the other guys and see who, who comes out of this pack. And it will go one or two ways. So I'm not spending up to get Algier because it could really pay off, but it could fall flat on your face. It is an absolute gamble. So given how thin the position is, it's about a 5% spend for me. I think any more than that. And I think you really are asking to just throw your money away. And I would be trying to get him as cheap as I can. Uh, you might, because of the stat line, you might get him cheaper, but I wouldn't be paying more than 5% of fab for Algier. Um, the other running back option under 30% is Eno Benjamin. He's only 4% owned. Now, he is in a share with 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 Williams there. They're both kind of uh, fluctuated. Now, I, did, I was interested at the start of the season. I said this to see where Williams came from. He was on my waiver wire article for week or column or video for week one because I was interested to see how he would do and they are in a pretty much a split 50-50 the reason I'd go with with Benjamin right now over over Williams is twofold one we don't know if Connor is going to be fit or not but he's training to not be serious so he might miss a game he might not miss any games Therefore, you know, Benjamin is effectively a handcuff to a degree, and he will have some appeal. Uh, he gets more of the early down work, and he gets more of the two-minute drill work. And that's kind of the important thing, given how the Cardinals sort of run their offense we've seen so far. Not really running a brilliant offense. It's been Kyler Murray kind of just doing it by himself. And they really need Nick Hopkins to come back. So, I mean, I don't, I don't love having either Eno Benjamin or Williams, and I can honestly, you could go either way on either of them. They're effectively a fifty-fifty. But I think if anyone was likely to dominate out of the two, it would be Benjamin because he's kind of been there, he's been on the roster, he knows the system, he knows the players, and he knows the book. And I think that kind of just gives you a ledge to potentially get a little bit more work. But I don't think anyone gets 100% of the work. I think you're looking at 60-40, whichever way it swings. I don't think you're going to get any more than that. So, you know, Benjamin's not worth a lot of money because Connor's not going to be out that long. It's a one-week play, really, Max, if that. 
So I'm not spending anything more than sort of two, three percent of fab because the chances are he's probably not even going to play. But if you are desperate at the running back position, he's someone that you can look at. A um, couple of other options for you to potentially consider away from that is a uh, one's definitely longer term player is Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson is available in over sixty five percent of leagues right now. He's a, he's only been taken in thirty five point eight percent of leagues. Um, now he's already back in practice. It's still a few weeks before I think we'll see him on the field. He's got to get healthy and everything. He's already back in training. He's already back in practice. Like he's on the practice field. He's doing workouts. He's not with the team doing contact drills just yet. That is a few weeks away, but it's not that long. For me, he's worth a stash now because we know he's probably going to be back by, I would say, week five. Week six would be my estimation. Might be before. We don't know. Really depends on the on his eagerness and then the eagerness of the team. But that toughness to come back from what he's gone through to be back so quickly, that's going to only endear him to the fans, and to the coaching staff even more. And let's not forget, Brian Robinson won this job. He won the starting job in preseason. The coaches clearly want him. They clearly like what he does. I think this is a really important time now. And this is the last time you're going to get Brian Robinson cheap. So, you know, he's worth, I think you can probably get him for one to two fab bucks. I don't think you're going to get any news and you're just praying you don't get any news out of him today. I think next week he goes up and he goes up because you're more likely that you'll get a timeline for when he comes back. So I don't think he plays in the next couple of weeks. And I think that's the expectation you're going into this for. But you're looking for someone, especially the second half of the season, that could be the dominant back in their team. And you can buy him now for next to nothing. So that's the route I'd be looking at with Brian Robinson and getting him on the cheap. Another player I'd be looking at available in just under half of leagues is Raheem Mostert. So he's been taken in 52% of leagues. Stat lines don't make great reading. 11 carries is really good, but 51 yards, not overly impressive. Not terrible, but not overly impressive. Uh, but he had, also had three catches for 28 yards. So when you're looking at this, I'm thinking of backs that are getting anywhere from 10 to 14 touches and getting those sort of three to five catches a week. They've got to be owned by somebody in the league because they're fantasy relevant. They have that flex appeal. So I'm looking at most uh, and thinking he is definitely a flex going forward, but he also had more snaps than Chase Edmonds. Uh, he had a lot more of the early down work than Chase Edmonds. He had all the goal line work over Chase Edmonds. And he ran over 20 routes, which is the most he's ever run in his career. So they're using him more in the passing game. Now, he's not on the completely obvious passing downs, getting open all that much. But he is running the routes and he is getting the ball. And I think they're really ramping him up. A huge uplift from what he did in week one to week two. I'm not saying it's going to take the same uplift again. But they're trying to get him involved in the game, the Miami Dolphins. And so as a result of this, Mahim Mostert has to be owned. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Like I said, he's available in half the leagues. Didn't have a huge stat line. So he's, he's going to go under the radar of quite a few 
fantasy players in your league because most will tend to chase the points. Here, we're trying to think differently of players who are right beforehand to try and get the points. Um, and Raheem Mostert's the guy for me. I think I'd be trying to acquire. And I think if you can get him for 5% of fab, I think that's a really good investment because uh, I think he's going to have flex appeal most of the day, um, however, or most of the season. However, I do think there is a potential. One, he's a handcuff anyway, because if Edmonds goes, he will have more to work. But I think we're trending upwards to see him potentially getting more and more work. So worth a small gamble here. Like I said, 5% of fab, I think, is a good value uh, to be buying in at Raheem Mostert on. Right. Let's look at wide receivers. I've got a number of wide receivers here I'd be sort of targeting. The big one, and this is news coming out today, is on Cole Beasley signing for the Buccaneers. Now, the Buccaneers have already four loaded wide receivers, and then they just added Cole Beasley to be a fifth. It says to me that there is clearly something not right with either Godwin uh, or Gage or someone like that. There's an ongoing injury there, uh, and there is concerns over one of those two's medium-term health. I wouldn't say long-term, but medium-term health. The second, Tom Brady's not happy. So he is banging the drum. And clearly with the way that the offense just hasn't clicked. It had different, I, I have differing opinions. I think in week one it clicked. It just didn't get done in the final, in the red zone or outside the red zone. Week two, it didn't go well. Um, I thought the play calling was, was abject at best. But I do think that there's something not quite sitting with, with Brady in this offense. It's not quite clicking. And I think they're looking at Cole Beasley being that guy underneath. Um, to be that bridge between what Gronk was and what AB was. Uh, and that's what Tom's pounding the table for, for Cole Beasley. You know, Cole Beasley's talented. I can see him potentially coming in here and filling the role that I thought Russell Gage would. And I think he could maybe even usurp Gage into this depth chart. I'm not saying you should drop Gage because I think you've got to be really careful of the moving pieces. With Mike Evans suspended, Godwin's unlikely to play this week. Julio is going to be a late call. Gage isn't 100% fit. Cole is going to be available in 99% plus of leagues right now. He's someone you should be adding. You should be adding to your rosters. Um, I wouldn't go crazy, but I think if you can get him for a few fab bucks and hope that the news hasn't completely broken out yet, that he's going to start for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the, the Packers, I think it's a really cheap starting option. And if you're struggling with Pittman, Allen, etc., I think Cole Beasley's someone that I'd be not necessarily slotting in to replace them long-term, but I do think in the short term, you need to get some potential upside points. Cole Beasley is the sort of guy that can give you that sort of eight catches for 80 yards, which is kind of what I thought Gage would do. And if you're looking at the Buccaneers, they're not using these tight ends. They're not getting a lot of usage. They're missing guys over the middle. Cole Beasley's going to bring that range in. And against the Packers, they're going to need to move the ball a lot more. I think Gage is a real solid lock to start in most lineups. Um, in terms of other wide receivers under 30% owned, Sterling Shepard, 10.2% owned. He had 10 targets in week two. Wasn't the biggest stat line ever, but there was a, a an opportunity here for Shepard's uh, day to get huge. He was uh, It was a near 80-yard play, and uh, Danny, uh, Danny Jones just missed him. Just He was wide open, and Daniel Jones just, didn't see him. And that's part of it as well. It's Daniel Jones. These things going to happen. But the second thing is he's running these routes. He's, he's dusting past people. Those injury problems don't seem to be a huge concern. 
for now. Stegen Shepard does tend to get injured a lot. But if Dan Jones sees that throw, that's an opportunity then where he would have had a huge day. So the fact that he's getting open in those situations, it means more likely he's going to get found one of these days. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for players who haven't quite peaked, that you can get under the radar. Ten targets is huge. Sterling Shepard's a player you could probably get for two, three, four fab bucks right now. I'd be adding him. Very, very safe floor. Very good for your flex. If you're struggling with injuries, good flex play just while you're getting through your bye weeks and your injuries uh, and come out of the other side of that. Um, Ashton Doolan, potentially is another one. Now, 2.4% owned. We don't know what's going on with Pittman. We think he's probably going to be okay for next week. So this will cap Doolan's upside. At the moment, he is probably at least the wide receiver two on this team. He showed he was the wide receiver one uh, when not. Um, he is actually seventh amongst all wide receivers with 3.21 yards per route run this season. That's quite a huge, significant play um, play stat to keep an eye on is yards per route run. So that's showing you how you know how progressive he is in terms of how many yards he's, he's achieving. Uh, when he catches the ball uh, in terms of catches to yards achieved per runs made. It says as well that when he's on the field, he's getting targeted. And they're the key things that you want to get out of that. He's a very short-term option. I don't see him being the long-term two. I think that will be Alec Pierce eventually, but it looks like Pierce is going to be out for a little while here. So Ashton Doolan, 2.4%. He's someone I would be targeting. Uh, Noah Brown, uh, 0.8% owned. You've heard me talk about him uh, already. He led the team for the second week in a row in receiving yards. He gets capped immediately when Michael Gallup is back. But at this moment, he's very much this safety blanket for Cooper Rush. He's someone that you should be owning. He will have some flex appeal over the coming weeks. And then Devin Duvernay, if you're struggling uh, for depth, you can't get these guys. Uh, he's 15.9% owned. He did score at the weekend, but it was a, re- uh, a return touchdown. You can't bank on those. Usage was significantly less in a high-scoring game. That is a slight concern for me, but he's the clear wide receiver to third target on this team. That says he's going to be capped, but in games where they're struggling to get the ball of Bateman or Andrews, Duvernay is going to feast. So he should be owned. Uh, all of these players, Doolin um, and Duvernay, you don't need to spend a lot of money on them. Only like 1% to 2% of that is all you need to spend. Doolan, even try and get on a free. I wouldn't necessarily put money towards him. Maybe a dollar. But Duvernay, I think you could probably get for two bucks. Noah Brown, I think you can get for, for a dollar or two. Uh, I wouldn't be spending much more than that because they all kind of use short term. Duvernay is more of a longer player, but he is someone you're going to struggle to potentially start most weeks because of that it, it's very much game script and matchup dependent whether he's going to be relevant or not. So for me, Beasley, Shepard are the two I, I, I want to own more than anybody else. If I'm looking at wide receivers um, over 50% or around about 50% owned, Garrett Wilson is circa 50% owned. He is massive right now. 24% target share on the team, 31% target share in week two. Huge day, huge breakout for Garrett Wilson. And he's kind of becoming what we all thought Elijah Moore would be. That hasn't happened necessarily for Elijah Moore. It's looking more and more likely that Garrett Wilson is going to be the the number one guy on this team. He's worth getting in on the ground floor now because I don't I don't think you're going to get another chance to get Garrett Wilson this season. If he's available in your leagues, 
you should be paying up for him. Uh, for me, he could be worth as much as 10% of Fab, maybe even more, depending on your wide receiver situation. I think this is the, the last chance you will be able to grab Garrett Wilson this season. If he's on your waiver wire, he won't be there after this week. I can almost guarantee it. So like I said, available in half the leagues, that number's going up. I guarantee it'll probably be about 80% this time tomorrow. So um, if you want Garrett Wilson, now's the time to get in on him. If not, you're probably going to have, you're probably going to miss out. So if you want to spend a little bit more fab to make sure you get Garrett Wilson, I'm okay with that. I think he's a must add uh, in all leagues. If you can find him, another one is, is Jacoby Myers. He's around about 60% owned. So again, too many leagues. He's not owned in. That's crazy to me. Uh, 56 snaps. Um, so led the team in snaps. 13 targets, that does make him the alpha. He has a 30, nearly a 31% target share on this team and a nearly 31% reception share on this team. Huge numbers for Jacoby Myers. He made some incredible catches yesterday, or Sunday, sorry. And at the end of the day, he is someone that has to be owned. He is Mac Jones' favorite target. He is going to absolutely eat this season. The only number he's going to struggle on is the touchdown number. That's always been the case. But if he's getting 13 targets... You know, you almost don't need the touchdown at that rate. That's almost your gravy to to make him a wide receiver one. One note on Chris Olave: he might be free, might not be free. A lot of people going cock a hoop over the um, the air yards uh, this week. Over three hundred air yards for for Chris Olave. I mean, it sounds amazing. End of the day, he only caught one of those and he fumbled it. Um, one of the worst fumbles I've ever seen, by the way. It was terrible. Like he catches it and he drops it uh, completely. Um, on, on a, well, I wouldn't say unopposed. Carlton Davis is chasing him, but he doesn't get there. Um, and then he drops the ball and it's picked up and it's it's another turnover. It's good that the connection is there and that at the end of the day, he's being targeted. But at the same token, he's getting overthrown. There's a, there's a bit of a disconnect there. So the signs is coming that there's going to be some form of a connection that he is being targeted, he is getting open, he is beating coverage, but they haven't quite got it together. They obviously will do at some point, and that's one to keep an eye on, but don't necessarily assume that it's all gravy right now, because if you look at the tape and you look at how badly Alavi was overthrown, there's a way to go before these two align, and I don't think you're going to see it for a few weeks. That's just my opinion. I think... um, if he's available on waiver wires, probably won't be. He's about 70% owned at this point. Um, I'd be grabbing him because I think the breakout's coming, but I probably wouldn't start him in week three because I just don't think it's uh, quite the time just yet. Um, right, tight end quickly. It's it's only one for me this week. It's Logan Thomas, 17.8% owned. Well worth a few percent of fab because I don't think there's much uh, better options out there. Uh, the, the snaps are going up. He played 54 snaps in week two. Uh, got faded a little bit in the fourth quarter where I think he would have played more. I think they're easing him back slowly, but uh, the numbers are going up and he's now getting enough snaps to make him fantasy relevant. I think he will be potentially a low-end tight end one for the rest of the season. If you've got someone like Cole Komet, um, you know, Logan Thomas is probably the guy I'd be shopping around to try and replace him with. Uh, kickers this week, I've got a couple. Um, well, there's three, actually. You can either attack Jason Sanders, 2.1%. It's Buffalo. I expect that to be a high-scoring game. Um, but that Buffalo D is good, so there's a little bit of risk there. Uh, you can take Will Lutz against Carolina. He is at Carolina, so he's not indoors. 6.2%. Uh, 
owned or Austin Seabert. He is in Minneapolis. Uh, so that's a dome as 7% owned. Those Lions are scoring points. So I think all three of those kicking options are good options this week. Wouldn't spend the fab on them. Just pick one of them up for three. Have them all queued. Um, DST this week is Atlanta. That's the team I'd be picking up. Uh, they're 0.4% owned. They're averaging 10.5 fantasy points a game. Uh, just to give you an idea, they've scored a touchdown, two interceptions. They've forced two uh, fumbles, for which they've recovered. Five sacks, one safety, one block kick this season already. Um, they have Seattle, and I expect them to pummel uh, the, the Seattle offense uh, quite significantly. So uh, I would be in on Atlanta this week. 0.4% owned, so should be available in all leagues. They could be a sneaky one-week play. They could be a sneaky, slightly longer-term play as well. So as everything you should need to know uh, for the waiver wire, get uh, in touch if you have any questions. We should be back with the flagship show. Tune in to the Dynasty show tonight. Uh, you should be able to catch up with the guys there and get all your Dynasty fixings uh, with Rich and Liam. And don't forget, we've got some many great shows across the network this week. We've got IDP. Um, we've got DFS. We've got Fast Action Friday. So good to see that back uh, with Rob and Pitsy and, and Lou as well. So, you know, tune into everything we're doing. Check out all the articles. Check out absolutely everything we're doing across the site, fiveyearrush.co.uk. Uh, FFCC results will hopefully be updated today or tonight. Worst case, it'll be tomorrow morning. I'm just going through the sheet now and trying to get those updated as quick as possible. Uh, but that'll do it. Thanks so much for tuning in. Good luck on your waiver wires. Good luck to all of you as you're going into week three, and I'll catch you on later on in the week. But until then, as always, keep rushing. a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.